All right. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, Lord, I just thank you for this day. So many times we take a day for granted, Lord. And I just thank you that I woke up this morning. (laughs) And I thank you that you're good this morning. And I thank you that your loving kindness is new every morning. And your faithfulness pours out on us every day. And so, Lord, we, we just want to come and sing songs of praise and worship to you. And we want to glorify and magnify you because you are great and you are good. And we just choose to worship you. It's not about how we feel today. We choose to worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, into your courts I will enter, maker of heaven and earth. I tremble Glory, glory in your sanctuary, splendor and majesty, Lord, before you, all life adores you, all the earth will declare that your love is Seas resound. Hear the trees, hear the trees, joyful cry, praising you, and so will I. A new song I'll sing, Lord, I will glorify and bless your holy. life and salvation into your presence we come we worship you our precious Savior fill us fill us with your holy power set us aflame with your love till Your glory, all the earth will declare that your love is everywhere. The fields will exalt, seas resound. Hear the trees, 
joyful cry, praising you and so will I. A new song I'll sing, Lord, I will glorify your name. All the earth will declare that your love is everywhere. The fields will exalt, seas resound. Hear the trees joyful cry, praising you and so will I. A new song I'll sing, Lord, I will glorify and bless your name, glorify and bless your name, glorify and bless your holy So I wait for you, 
I'm falling. Burning all of me. Jesus, you're all this heart is living for. Hungry, I the only really important thing this morning is for you to give your heart to him wholly and completely You have been so good You have been so good to me In my faithless hour You've been my strength You are my tower From the enemy You have been so so good to me. Thank you, Jesus. Your hand is always faithful. Your mercy never ends. And when I feel unable, your grace is there again. You have been so You have been so good to me In my faithless hour You've been my strength Yes, hallelujah You are my tower From the enemy You have been so good So good to me chose me in my weakness and all my sins forgave i've nothing to repay you so all that i can say is you have been so good you have been so good to me in my faithless hour You've been my strength, you are my tower from the end. 
celebrate what Jesus did. Today marks the day that he did the triumphal entry. He came to Jerusalem. He came knowing full well 
that he was going to die. He was going to suffer and be humiliated. And he came willingly. He came to his own. <laughs> his own didn't receive him. But to as many as do receive him, he gives you the power to become the sons of God. Well, this morning, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate His coming. Thank it's you, Palm Jesus. Sunday. Hallelujah. You know, we don't really have uh, the ability to, to lay stuff before Him like they did and, and let Him ride His little donkey on it. But we could do it in our hearts. We can prepare the way for Him. In Matthew 21, it says, They brought the donkey and the colt. They laid their clothes on them set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road and then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest I'm a loudmouth, I know it but I just want, to, just want to remind you that when you have a parade and you're celebrating someone famous, you're celebrating your winning team coming home, you don't say, Hosanna. You're saying, Hosanna! I mean, you are getting after it because it is in your heart to express yes. your love and appreciation for them. Hallelujah. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, celebrate yes. the coming of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He is coming. He yes. is here. Hallelujah. And we celebrate what he has done. So Lord, this morning, Thank you, we celebrate you and receive our worship yes. as you come and walk up and down these aisles Hallelujah. where we are figuratively going to lay everything before you not just our clothes not just the palm branches we're going to lay everything our hearts our minds our wills our emotions our finances we're going to lay everything before you we celebrate your coming this morning and we say hosanna lord hosanna to the highest we will sing we will lift our voices we will exalt you because you are worthy to be praised lord come and have your way Cleanse us today, just like you cleanse the temple, Lord. Come and cleanse us and change us and cause this to be a house of prayer. Cause this to be a place where your spirit moves freely. And you touch and change us in your presence, Lord. You come to change us. And you come because you love us. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you and thank you for it. And we choose to worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Amen. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me? When I call, is it true? Is it true that you are mindful of me? How you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. 
friend. He calls me friend. Sing it again. I am a friend. I am a friend of God. 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 Of God. He calls me friend.
This is an old song, 1999, is that old? It's not old to me, but you may not know it, so if you don't, that's fine. Um, let me just sing it over you, and uh, as you get on to it, you can join in as you feel led, so. Tell Richard which one. Say again. Richard, it's Redeemer, Savior, Friend. Oh, yeah, we switched. I know you had me on your mind When you climbed up on that hill For you saw me with ease eternal eyes while I was yet in sin Redeemer Savior friend every stripe upon your battered back every thorn that pierced your Every nail drove deep through guiltless hands Said your love knows no end Thank you, Jesus Redeemer, Savior, friend Redeemer, stir my heart again 
Savior, come and shelter me from sin. You're familiar with my weakness, devoted to the end. Redeemer, Savior, friend. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the grace poured, poured out on my life will return to you in praise. And I'll gladly lay down all my crowns For the name by which I'm saved Redeemer, Savior, friend Redeemer, stir my heart again Come and shelter me from sin. You're familiar with my weakness, devoted to the end. Redeemer, Savior, friend. Redeemer, stir my heart again. Savior. Come and shelter me from sin. You're familiar with my weakness. Devoted till the end. Redeemer, Savior, friend. Redeemer, Savior, friend. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, give the Lord glory. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, your gold, sing that again. Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold, refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to be. Set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master. Ready to do your will. 
Cleanse me from within and make me holy. Purify my heart. Cleanse me from my sin. Deep within, refine as My heart's one desire is to be. Set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master. Ready to do your will. Ready to do your will. Ready to do your will. Amen. Amen. This is the This is the air I breathe, your holy presence, living in me. This is my daily bread, this is my daily Your very word spoken to me, and I I'm desperate for you. This is the air I breathe, your holy presence, living in me. He's my daily bread. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for you. Yes, hallelujah. And I, I'm lost. 
are you yes i am yes i am and i i'm lost without you oh jesus hallelujah this is the end i breathe this is the air i breathe this is the I Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, you said that man will not, does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's where we put you this morning in our hearts, in our beings, Lord. You're our air, you're our bread, you're our life. Lord, without you, we are nothing, we can do nothing. So Lord, I'm just so thankful that you came. You came for us. Lord, we welcome you here as they did thousands of years ago in Jerusalem. We say Hosanna. 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 Lord, bring your victory to our lives, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Hosanna. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, this morning, we just thank you that you didn't just come for those that were your favorites. You came for all of us. Thank you, I thank you, Lord, that when you came, you came with a purpose. There was no fear. There was no hesitation. You gave yourself willingly. Lord, I want to give myself to you in that same way. I wouldn't have any fear. I'd have no reservations about giving myself fully to you. That I know I can put myself in your hands and that's the best place, the safest place to be no matter what the circumstances or situations. When I'm in your hands, that's the very best, safest place I can be. Lord, I want to trust you this morning. I want to place myself fully in your hands. You. you came for me. You're here this morning, and I say yes to you. I say, save now, Lord. I say this is a proclamation of our adoration for you, Lord. Hosanna to the King. Hosanna in the highest. You alone are worthy, Lord God. Hallelujah. We honor you this morning. You are our honored guest. Hallelujah. You're coming this morning to be with us, and we thank you for that. Lord, we rejoice that you have come to be with us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you've given yourself for us so that we can know you. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray this week as we worship you uh, today, 
as we come together Wednesday, as we come together Friday night for the Good Friday service, as we come back Easter Sunday, Lord, that you yes. would change us. Thank you. Thank you, Change us this week, Lord. Speak Thank to us. Jesus. Draw us close to you. Let us see the reality of what this week represents, Lord, that you came and you gave yourself fully for us and you made this wonderful way that we can come to know the Father. That wasn't a cheap thing. That was a very costly thing, Father, and I thank you for it. Thank you that you gave everything for us. This week, Lord, let that become a new revelation, new reality in each one of us that we would see you as you are. We would know your great love for us and we'd be compelled by that same great love to want to talk to other people about you, that we want to love other people, that we want to serve one another, we want to be kind and gentle, that we'd be filled with your mercy and compassion and love, that we wouldn't judge or accuse or gripe about things but we would just love and if there's a problem that we would we would do everything we can to fix it if we can't fix it physically we can pray for it I repent of being a grumbler I want to be a prayer I want to be someone that that presses in and says I I may not be able to fix it but I'm going to pray for it let you fix it because you're the fixer hallelujah Lord God change me this morning Change me so that I would be a man after your heart. I'd be like you. That I would be after you. That I would pursue you with all of my heart. That I wouldn't let anything distract me from my pursuit of you. Food or water or sleep or schedules. Nothing would distract me from my pursuit of you, Lord. And all day long, every day, my heart and mind would be focused on you that even though I'm busy doing things, that I'm still keeping an eye on you and what you're saying to me, that I'm mindful that you are with me all the time. I'm mindful that you are speaking to me all the time, that you are revealing yourself to me, that you're calling me. You've got a job for me to do in your kingdom, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for all of us. Reveal yourself to us this week, Lord. Let, let your kingdom become a reality to us this week like never before we call it holy week let it be a week that that we experience your holiness lord and as we experience you and all of your glory and greatness that it would change us in your presence we become like you we'd be stirred we wouldn't be able to just sit idly watch the world pass by on a path that's leading to death and destruction, but we would be moved and compelled by your love to want to do something, to want to talk to them, to want to beg and plead with them and share your great love, Lord. Help us to be like you, Jesus. You gave everything. You loved those. Those that rejected you, you loved them. And instead of grappling about them, you said, Father, forgive them if they don't know what they're doing. Oh, Jesus, help us to be like you. Help us to be like you. That we'd be kinder. We'd be gentler. We'd be more loving. We'd be quick to extend mercy. When someone does something that's offensive to us, instead of 
wanting to retaliate. Help them just, help us all, Lord, to just say, I forgive them. I bless them with your goodness and kindness. Someone rejects us. Help us to bless them with you and your goodness, Lord. When someone falsely accuses us, help us to say, I forgive. They just don't know the truth. Instead of saying, they they did this to me on purpose, help us to be merciful and kind, Lord. We need you, Jesus, more and more of you. That we be filled with your goodness. Your love would compel us to do those things that you did. Lord, you said when you went away that we were going to do greater things than you did because you were going away. And you weren't going to leave us as orphans. You were going to send your spirit, the comforter, to come and to fill us and lead us and teach us in truth and remind us of the things that that you said and taught to show us who you are, to reveal the Father to us. You said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to come to you. Hallelujah. Lord, this week, that's my desire, that you would come to us this week in a new way, Lord. Come to us and reveal yourself in a new way where we would see you, know you as you are. That all of our lifelong beliefs would just be laid out on the table and, and just be exposed to your love and your goodness. That we'd be willing to exchange our belief system for you. Our belief system is supposed to be about you, but sometimes I know that's not true. We've believed lies. We've, we've believed things that were based in, in something that we've been taught or our experiences that we've had. And Lord, I want my belief system to be based in a relationship with you, that it would be based in your love for me and my love for you and the truth of your word. Nothing would change that, Lord, that it would just be you your kingdom being revealed in me through your word, Lord. And you've given me your spirit to lead me and guide me into all truth. This week, Lord, as we, as we celebrate you and what you did, your death, your burial, your resurrection, bring a, bring a resurrection, a renewal in this country, Lord, in your people that we would begin to humble ourselves and seek you like never before. And you would allow us to be part of that remnant, Lord, that you always have, the remnant that honors you and is faithful to you and believes you, Lord, a remnant that allows you to do what you want to do, Lord. We stand in faith today. We say, let it be, Lord. Bring healing and renewal and revival to this nation. Forgive us, Lord. We repent on behalf of this nation for the sins of this nation, for our leaders, the judges and justices and the teachers and professors and the news media, all who have supported an agenda that was ungodly, that was anti-Christ, that was against your word and your kingdom and your principles. Lord, we repent from that. Forgive us. I know we don't really deserve it, but you're you're great in mercy. You're rich in mercy, and you're slow to anger and wrath, Lord. And so we call on your mercy, Lord, that you'd heal this nation. Turn our hearts back to you, Lord. Turn our hearts back to you. Once again, you would be the core of our 
morals, the core of our economics, the core of our politics. He'd be the core of everything that we believe and do in this nation, Lord. That we would put you back on the throne, the centerpiece of all that we are as a nation, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive us. Turn us. Save us now. Hosanna. Hosanna. Save us now, Lord. We need you. It's only in you that we can be saved, Lord. Our eyes are on you. Our hope is in you. It's not in it's not in a politician. It's not in a political party or a political system. Our hope and our eyes are on you, Lord, because you are the one that can save. You're the one that can heal us and deliver us. You're the one that can set us free. You're the one that can deliver us from our addictions and our bondage, Lord. You're the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave, and you broke sin's power and dominion over us, and you set us free, and you set us free from the sway of the evil one, Lord. And Lord Jesus, you taught us how to pray. You said, deliver us from evil, from the evil one. I thank you that you've done that, Lord. You've made that way. We trust in you this morning. We trust in you this morning. So welcome, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let this be a week of revelation and insight to all of us, Lord. That we would experience you in a deep, personal, loving way like never before, Lord. The moments that we share when we're in prayer and reading your word this week, Lord, and when we worship corporately, Lord, reveal yourself to us so that we would see you. Hallelujah. Not see you as a as a Savior that died and is hanging on the cross, but see you as a Savior who paid the price and now you're alive and you rule and reign forever. All things are under your feet, Lord. I thank you that you are causing us to be more than conquerors. You are leading us in triumph, Lord, because you have conquered and you have triumphed. That's what we celebrate this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How pleasant it is to be in the presence of the Lord just to breathe in of His Spirit and be refreshed. There's a peace that passes all of our understanding and it it keeps our hearts and minds. When we come to that place where we enter in to His presence, it changes everything. All the chaos of the world, all the circumstances and the distractions of life, they just come to a standstill. We see Jesus. We see Jesus coming as a Savior, as a Redeemer, as a King, as a friend, as the one who loves us, even though though we don't really deserve His love and we feel unworthy. He chooses to love us. He chooses to lavish His love out on us because... 
That's just who he is. He is a lover of our soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Seal this time of worship in our hearts now, Lord, that, that we would go out of here changed today, that we won't forget your presence that we've experienced this morning, that we'd go out of here changed from your presence, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> well, God is good. All the time. Amen. Oh, um, I got a few quick announcements. This week, we are going to have Wednesday night activities. Um, and I think Bonnie wants to make an announcement uh, about uh, next Sunday. Bonnie, if you want to come on and get the microphone. Had a great time last night, uh, men's and women's meetings. Um, everything went really well. Had a great time of worship. Some people stepped up and did some things, and it's just really a blessing to see God moving and causing people to grow and mature. Um, just really a good thing to see how people are changing. That's what pastors like to see, people growing and changing. You know, I, I love you, and I'm going to love you if you don't ever change, but what I really like is when you change. That encourages me. makes me feel like uh, some of the things that we're doing are having an impact. And, you know, I understand that God is always moving, and I don't have to see anything to know that God is moving. But it is kind of nice to see something from time to time. <laughs> We're all human, and everybody likes to have an encouraging thing happen in their life. And so uh, I, just, I just encourage you to don't give up. Don't become discouraged. Do something. Seek the Lord. And if you have to take it in little steps, take it in baby steps. But just take those steps. And as you get comfortable taking the baby steps, you can take bigger steps. And one of these days, you may be taking giant steps. But you've got to start somewhere. That's what we talked about last night is, you know, being a witness and doing things. And uh, you just, you just got to start somewhere. You don't start by being the pastor. You might not start by being a teacher or a speaker. You might start by being a a floor sweeper or a potty cleaner or, you know. That's the way it needs to be. You just say, I want to serve, and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever you give me to do, that's what I'll do. And when you do that with faithfulness, God can move you into other things as you grow and mature. And it's all about just doing things because we want to please Him. We all, we all have a desire to want to do certain things, but... What we really need to desire is just to please the Lord. And you'll find that when you're pleasing Him, you'll be pleasing yourself too. It just works that way. It works pretty good. All right, Colossians 2. Last week we started in uh, verses 1 through 5, and we made it almost through verse 2. I want to read it to you again, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about the key words. Paul says, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding 
to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now, we ended up last week talking about riches and full assurance and understanding in verse 2. And I just want to go back to that for just a second. Riches is the abundance of material possessions and resources. The full assurance is complete confidence, it's complete certainty. And an understanding is an ability to understand the meaning or importance of something. It's putting it all together. It's figuring out how it works. And so just as a summary from last week, God wants you to know that he has an abundant resource for you. It's called the kingdom of God. And everything he has, it is at your disposal as long as you're operating within his plan and purpose. You know, we've... We can't just go out and do our own thing and expect all of heaven to back us, but when we're doing what he is telling us to do, then yes, all authority and power is with us because he is with us. So he wants us to, have, to know that we have abundant resources available, and he wants us to, to be completely confident about that, to have absolute certainty in our thinking that it's there and it is for us and it, and it works and it, and it will do what we need. And he wants us to have an understanding of that. He wants us to, to get it. He doesn't want us to be walking around confused and bewildered and unsure. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I mean, you need to know that what God says is true. And you need to know that God is going to do what he says he will do. It may not always look exactly like we think it'll look. That, I think that's our biggest problem with faith because when we, when we start thinking about things, we have a certain mindset and we begin to vision it you know, in a certain way that this is going to happen. We pray for God to, to deliver us or for God to work and so we start seeing this, how it's all going to be. And God may do it some other complete way. You know, maybe, maybe it doesn't even happen at all. Maybe the way that he works is he just gives you his great grace and helps you walk through that horrible situation. And when it's all over and done with you, you say, wow, that wasn't so bad. I made it. And not only did I make it, but I'm changed because of it. Now, do I want to go through problems? No. But can good stuff come through some of my problems? Yes. Some of the best, some of the best things that have happened in my life came through some of the worst situations. And they didn't seem all that great at the time, believe me. They seemed really awful and painful. And yet when they're over, uh, those things will work in you something that you will never get any other way except through going through difficult, challenging, horrible things. Just, it's just the way it works. And we all experience it. I mean, I look out here and I, I, you know, I, could, I could tell stuff about each one of you. 
at least each one of you that I know, uh, that have had really difficult things happen in your life. And, and I know most of you would be able to say, yeah, but you know, I, I really grew, I grew through that. I learned. I trust God more. It's like David said when he was talking to King Saul about going out and fighting Goliath. He said, you know, the same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear is going to deliver me from this Philistine. I'm not worried about it. I've, I've been through battles before. And I didn't just survive. I mean, I got the lion by the, by the mane and I ripped that lamb right out of his mouth and I killed him with my bare hands. Do you think I'm afraid of this Philistine? No. It's because he had an experience. He had a personal relationship and a personal history that God will do what he says he'll do. And so these, these experiences of life, as unpleasant as they are, they cause us to build our faith. And so the next time a problem or situation comes along, we're looking at that and we're thinking, ah, that's nothing for my God. He delivered me from the lion and the bear, and this is going to be the same kind of deal. God is going to carry me through. It's all about your focus, all about how you perceive things. You can let it overwhelm you. That's what the army of Israel did that day when Goliath was out there parading around Come on, you come fight me. Give me a man. He was taunting them and saying all these horrible things. And everybody was just, they were all just trembling with fear. One guy out of the whole bunch had zero military experience, but he had experience with his God. And he said, I know God will do what he, what he has always done. He will protect me. He will cause me to be able to do the things that he's given me to do. So we need to have a full assurance. We need to be certain that God will do what he says. And we can be confident that he is not limited in his ability to do it because he has an abundance of resources and those are all available to us. Okay. Your heart may be encouraged being knit together in love, attaining to the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. So this knowledge is personal recognition. It's coming to understand something clearly and distinctly or as true and valid. It's often with a personal acquaintance that necessitates a positive or negative reaction, a discernment of precise and correct knowledge, an acknowledgement. So if you know something personally, and you actually know it, it will require some kind of a response. If you, if you know Jesus personally, that will require a response. You will respond to him. You will respond to his word. If you have a friend and you know him personally, and they have a problem, I mean, it will necessitate a response. It may be as simple as saying, oh, I really feel bad for him. That's a response. It may be that you say, man, Lord, you know, help them with this. It may be that you go to them and you hug them and you tell them you love them and, you know, what can I do to help you? Maybe that you give them money, you know, whatever. But it will necessitate a response out of you. You don't know about a situation that you're personally connected to and have no response. 
It just doesn't work that way. I mean, your response may be, I don't care about that. That's a response. It's our choice how we respond, but if you believe, if you know personally something or someone, you will have a response. Paul was saying, I want you to have a full assurance, an understanding, a knowledge of the mystery of God. The mystery, it's a divine secret. It's a secret whose concern partly is in deity alone, those to whom he chooses to share the information. So God has hidden things from the very beginning from man in general, but he has chosen to reveal them to certain ones. So you had all the patriarchs. Uh, you, know, you could go all the way back to Adam and uh, Enoch who walked with God and God took him and, and Noah and Abram and you just go right down the line. Those were people that they had a heart for God. They may not have understood everything, but they had a heart for God and God began to reveal those mysteries, those hidden things. Everybody else, they were just <clears throat> totally confused and just going about their business, doing whatever seemed right in their own eyes. But these people that God revealed those hidden things to, the secrets of God, he began to reveal them. Then those people could follow God with more clarity and understanding. They began to understand how God was working in the whole earth. And they begin to see that they had a purpose and a calling. The mystery is a secret. Especially the, concerning the method and history of God's redemption and other supernatural information. So that's what Paul is really saying. <clears throat> I want you guys to have a full understanding and assurance of certainty about this. I want you to get it so that you can explain the plan of salvation so that you can explain the mystery of how God loves us even though we're unworthy slobs that don't deserve anything except death and punishment. And yet he says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you love. And I'm going to give you mercy. I'm going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to make that available to you because I love you. And I'm different than you. I am not a man. I don't lie. I don't change my mind. I'm God. That's what God wants to reveal to us. He wants us to understand that and know that. That's the hidden mystery, that his plan of salvation, even as, as comprehensive as it is, it is still so very simple, that he loves us so much that he, he gave everything to win us over so that we could be in a relationship with him. It's pretty, that's a pretty deep secret to learn. And the more you walk with him, hopefully the more you understand the significance of that and you don't just take that for granted. Well, I've been in the way for 40-something years now. Why don't you get out of the way and you know, let someone get in there that's excited about it? You know, there's a lot of, a lot of old believers that they just, it's like they're stuck in a rut. They need to be unrutted. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just saying that uh, some people need to be stirred and they need to appreciate the revelation of God. And this week is a great opportunity. I am, I am really convinced that this week some things are going to happen to all of us. 
God is going to reveal himself in new special ways. And, and I'm, not, I'm not asking, I'm not trying to coerce you. I'm not doing anything other than just saying, if you will seek the Lord a little bit this week, I believe God will reveal himself to you in some new ways. And we've got some special services. If you can come to those, great. I believe it's going to happen there for everyone present. If you can't come, then do it on your own. Because this, this is a week, I mean, throughout all history, this is a week that we have celebrated. The week when God has, has revealed his plan to us. And it, you know, it wasn't readily accepted by a lot of people. I mean, think about that. Jesus came in, and everybody was, Hosanna, Hosanna. A week later, it's like, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, that, you talk about fickle fans now. I mean, now, granted, some of the, the ones that were saying crucify him were not the same ones that were, that were celebrating him. But generally speaking, I mean, they weren't going to, they weren't taking up their sword and saying, let's, you know, let's save him. They were all cowering in fear. So this week is an opportunity for you to experience a new revelation of who God is and who he wants to be in you. That's the significance is who he wants to be in you. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. What, happens, what matters is what is happening in you. What does God want to reveal in you? You need to be concerned about you, not me or Joe Schmo or anybody else. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying you need to be focused on you being healed, you being changed, you being alive in Christ. And when that happens, you will be focused on Joe Schmo. And you will be interested in him. You'll be really concerned about what's happening in his life because the love of Christ will be compelling you to be that way. But until you allow the love of Christ to change you, you're just going to be the same old you. Same old you. I don't want to be the same old ugly me. You know, I admit, I'm selfish. I'm, I'm proud sometimes. You know, y'all may not see that in me, but uh, believe me, it's there. And it's ugly. And it's offensive to God. And it's offensive to people if you let it begin to express itself. And when I let God change me, then I can be who I'm supposed to be. And I can love you like I'm supposed to. And I can serve you like I'm supposed to. And I can care about a stranger on the street or the person that, that doesn't like me or the person I don't agree with. I can still love them and I can still serve them. But it has to happen with me changing personally. I don't want to be the same ugly person that I've always been. God's, he's saved me. He's redeemed me. I am a new creation. But I'm not completely sanctified yet. You know, all things haven't become new yet. I am a new creation, but I still got a, an ugly, sinful nature that wants to rise back up and, and uh, take control. And I have, to, I have to work at that to allow the Holy Spirit keep me in line the spirit of God in me helps keep me in line as I know the word of God as I, I think God's word and I speak God's word and I live God's word I begin to be different and my, my new 
my new nature, my redeemed nature begins to be who I am instead of my old nature. I am a new creation, but I want to be that new creation in the way that I think and speak and talk and act and react and all of life situations. I want to be responding out of that new creation, not out of the old man. And it's, an on, it's an ongoing struggle. I hope you learn that. If, learn it this week. That's one of the things God can reveal to you, that you are in a battle all the time, every day, all day long. You're in a battle. God is wanting to reveal that to you so that you know, I don't care how long you've been a believer. I don't care if you've been a believer for 50 years or five minutes. You know, you, you are in a battle, and it's, it, the battle is to be like Jesus or to be like the devil. You know, the little, the little uh, cartoon, you know, the character sitting over here, the angel and the devil, you know. It's really not that far from kind of how it is in real life because there's a spiritual battle going on for you all the time. The territory that they're battling for is your heart and soul. And all the time they are, you know, the devil is trying to trick you and deceive you and lead you astray. And the Holy Spirit is talking to you about the things of God and how you need to be doing these things because they're healthy. Don't do that thing. It's going to hurt you. We need to allow God to change us. That's the mystery. The mystery is that God has done all this. He's done it. He's provided this abundant resource and yet it doesn't happen automatically that's the mystery is that it's all by his grace and yet we've got to believe it's all by his abundant resources and yet we have a part in that we have to believe we have to apply those resources I mean you know if I open my wallet up and said here I got a thousand dollar bill you know, if no one comes and takes it, my gift is useless. But if I offer it out there and you take it, you get the benefit of it. And that's the way it is with the kingdom of God. I mean, he is offering all his abundant resources to us, but, but we've got to receive them by faith. You have to take them. If you don't avail yourself of those resources, then you're just out of luck. You do without. <clears throat> So these things were hidden. They were hidden in treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So hidden is a secret. It's concealed from the notice or knowledge of all persons except the individual or individuals concerned. Not able to be known. It's treasured and stored up. I like that, that it's, it's stored up. It's hidden. It's not just hidden because God doesn't want you to know it. But think of it this way, that it's being stored up from the very beginning of time, from the, the foundations of the earth. God has been storing up all these abundant resources. He's been storing up all these things that, he, that are hidden, but he wants to reveal them to us. They are a mystery, but God wants us to seek the truth. He wants us to seek to find out what is hidden. He says the He's given us the keys to the kingdom. 
And he said, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It is the glory of a king to search out the secret things. We're kings and priests. God has called us to be those who know him, know his plan and purpose, to know his greatness. John read that this morning. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness deserves a great praise. And when we begin to see who God is, it makes our, it makes our struggles seem small. It makes our challenges seem less difficult to face. It seems to make Goliath look like just a regular old guy. He's not a nine-foot giant with a spear that's as big as a four-by-four. Four, you know, I mean, he's just a guy. He's just a guy that you can defeat. Your mountain doesn't have to be Mount Everest. You know, now it can just be that little fire ant mound. And you can just say, die, ants, die. You know, I don't like fire ants. I don't like them. I don't like what they do. I don't, and it, a lot of things in life, though, are not mountains. They're just, they're just like little molehills, little fire ant mounds. And they can sting you if you stick your foot in them, but, uh, but they're not that hard to go over. I mean, you can just step right over them. But if you let it become a mountain in your eyes, then you become all fearful and you begin to doubt and you begin to question and, and it changes everything about your situation on the negative and the positive. If you look at it from a positive standpoint, it, it gives you the ability to look and see things as God sees them. And he's not overwhelmed with your situation, believe me. But if you look at it from a negative standpoint, you begin to see it with your eyes, and it seems really big. And from your ability and your perspective to be able to work through it, it seems impossible. We need to get our mind and our hearts to focus on God's resources. They're abundant, and we can know with a certainty that he is for us. Always. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He's always for us. The treasures, that's accumulated wealth in the form of money or jewels or other valuables. <clears throat> it's a repository. It's a storehouse, the place where good and precious things are collected and laid up. Paul said that. He said, I'm, man, I'm looking forward to it because they're laid up for me a crown of glory, and I'm going to be there one of these days, and it's all going to be good. God has been storing this stuff. For, he's been storing it up for thousands of years so that we can enjoy all of his abundant resources. <clears throat> They're treasures. He wants us to know that. And he wants us to have the wisdom, which is the knowledge and the, the practice that... <clears throat> Gives us the ability to, to live godly and do right. You know, wisdom is knowing what to do with information and knowledge. Knowledge is, <clears throat> is knowing something. Wisdom is knowing what to do with it. And if you, have, if you have information, but you don't have wisdom, it's really kind of useless. But if you have both, if you understand who God is, and what he's done, and what he's provided, and you have the wisdom to know how to apply that, then that unleashes all of what God can do in your life. Wisdom is the key to, to understanding what God has hidden 
throughout all the generations. It's a mystery, but wisdom will unlock that mystery for you. You begin to seek God and ask God. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask, and I'll just pour it out on you. That's the way God does everything. He doesn't just <clears throat> give you a little drip. I mean, he turns the fire hose on. You know, he just opens up the valve and says, here it comes. <clears throat> That's the way God works. He pours it out on you. He wants to lavish good gifts on his children. He is the king. And the king, you know, he's got all the resources. And he wants his children to have the life of king's kids. Not, not the life of poverty-stricken paupers. Now, there's a balance with all that. I'm not, I'm not preaching a prosperity message other than I'm just saying that God doesn't want you to do without. He wants to supply your needs. And what that means to each one of you is going to be something different. You know, maybe just having enough for today makes you completely happy. And that's the way we really ought to be. If you have enough for next week, that's even better. If you have enough for 20 years from now, you know, then God bless you. But that's, that's not what prospering in the Lord is about. Prospering in the Lord is about living in peace and joy and love and hope and, and having enough for today for your needs and a little bit more so you can be generous and give to God and to others. That's what, that's what prosperity really is. In the nation we live in, it's been perverted and distorted, and you know, prosperity means something totally different. But for believers, it really it doesn't mean wealth and riches. It means peace and contentment and fulfillment. And you may be wealthy too. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being wealthy. I'm just saying that's that's not what prosperity is. You may be you may be wealthy and not prospering in the Lord because you'll be miserable in your sins if you're not a, a believer. But you can, be, you can be both. You can prosper in your spirit and you can prosper in your finances as well. I believe God wants to, he wants to give us wisdom, the understanding how to, to work in our interpersonal relationships so that we can be the person we're supposed to be and so that we can fulfill God's calling in our lives and so that we can be uh, able to, to get along with other people. That's wisdom. I mean, if you don't exercise some wisdom, you can get crossways with people really quickly. And it's, once you get crossways with someone, it's hard to win them back sometimes. It's so much better just to not have that happen in the first place. And wisdom will allow you to just keep your mouth shut sometimes so you don't say something that you can't take back. Wisdom will give you the ability to know when you should speak and when you should be silent. Wisdom will give you the ability to know when you should, when you should act or when you should just pause. That's wisdom. Now, some of us, we're doers. And so when there's a situation, it's just, you know, and you just crash right in there and start trying to fix everything. 
Sometimes wisdom from the Lord is that you, you stay back and you let God work some things out, that you don't just rush in and take charge and do it in your own mind and in your own physical strength or abilities. Other times, that may be wisdom. God may be saying, right now, go do this, you know. I mean, I could probably tell you a lot of circumstances in my life where it went both ways, where I've done things that I shouldn't have done, thinking I was helping and doing the right thing, and it's created a mess. There's other times where I didn't have a clue, but God helped me figure it out, and I saved the day. Woo-hoo! I was the hero for the moment, and it was all God because I didn't know what I was doing. God has a way of, um, of revealing his plan in us and through us if we'll just be open, if we'll be sensitive to his voice. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. <clears throat> you don't want to be deceived. That means to cleverly deceive. And the devil is really good at that. And, uh, you know, in the garden, the Bible says that he was more subtle than any other creature. He was sneakier. He was a good deceiver. To deceive with subtle and often spacious reasoning. So that's what, that's what he did. He came to Adam and Eve and he said, look, this, this tree, it's got this good-looking fruit on it. Tastes good. It's going to make you wise. It's going to make you like God. Man, it's all good. That's the way he, he doesn't come to you and say, if you do this, it's going to ruin your life. He says, if you do this, you're going to be cool. You're going to be like everybody else. Everybody's going to like you. They're all going to be your friends. You know, it's going to make you famous. He doesn't say, you know, it's going to ruin you. But, but that's, that is what persuasive words are. It's when someone is reasoning with you, with deceptive reasoning, is to reckon fraudulently, to beguile, to cheat by false reasoning. So, and I don't want to get into any politics, but, uh, you know, we've heard a lot of politicians say things. And if you really think about their logic, sometimes it's like, are you, like, stupid? I mean, that, that's not even possible. And they just put it out there like it's the gospel, you know. And, and so when, when you have someone that is making an argument that's based on falsehoods or faulty reasoning, then everything that they are doing from that point forward is all a deception. It's like, you know, the magician in the smoke and mirrors. You know, you don't see what's going on. You see the end result, and you think, oh, he did a trick. Well, what he really did was he was just a sleight of hand. You know, you didn't see what he was doing. So I like this. One of the words in the, in the definitions was to misreckon. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a word or not, but it was in there. Misreckon. I reckon so. I misreckon. So if you're misreckoning, you're being deceived by persuasive words. You can be, it can happen, and you can be totally unaware that it's happening. I, I catch myself sometimes uh, just 
you know, you're sitting there watching TV and one of those infomercials comes on and they start telling you, you know, if you buy this, it's going to make your you know, life wonderful and you're going to lose weight, you're going to be smarter, you're going to you know, sleep better, you're going to whatever, you know. I mean, I got the MyPillow, you know. I don't know that it's the best pillow I've ever had, but, you know, it's an okay pillow. But I, I thought, you know, maybe this really will help my neck pain. Maybe this really will help. So I bought one. I misreckoned. It, it didn't help my neck pain. It's, I'm not saying it's a bad pillow. It just didn't make, my, it didn't make my neck quit hurting. But in my reasoning, you know, I, I believed what they said, and I bought into that. I mean, we all do it from time to time. But we just need to have God's wisdom. You don't need to just jump on everything that comes along. Because there are some things that come along that are, they are being fraudulently put out there to, to sell you something. Either to sell you something literally, they want you to buy a product, are they trying to sell you a mindset, trying to sell you a cultural value, trying to sell you a spiritual value, trying to sell you a, a political value, trying to sell you a philosophy about the history of uh, all of creation, history of this nation, the history of you know, whatever. I mean, all of those things. There's constantly a battle going on. Someone is trying to misreckon with you to confuse you and get you to believe stuff that is not completely true. And when you begin to enter into that argument, considering it from a, a false perspective, a fraudulent concept to start with, the reasoning is flawed, well, you're going to end up with the wrong result. I mean, if you want to do math and you put the wrong number in and you calculate it, you're going to get the wrong result. And... If you don't know how to do the higher math and you use the wrong formula, you're going to get the wrong result. You have to be putting in the right information, the truth. If you're not starting with the truth, then you're going to be misreckoning because you're going to be using a flawed premise that your everything is based on. So that's... That's the wisdom. That's the reason we need the wisdom of the Lord so that we don't get deceived with persuasive words. We don't want to be deceived with persuasive words. So this is using a language effectively to please or persuade. And think about this. It's, it also means to become friends with, to win one's favor. It's an art of persuasion. The, it's the use of probable arguments. Well, it could work this way. It could have happened that, you know, a little slammy one-celled thing could crawl out of the water and become a human being. Not very likely, but it could have happened. It could be that all the galaxies and the universes and everything just happened by some accident with a big explosion and everything just happened to work out perfectly? Not very likely. And so we have to be careful not to be deceived with persuasive words. People 
are constantly trying to deceive you with persuasive words. They have the art of persuasion. I guarantee you, preachers, teachers, politicians, uh, some of your friends, I mean, they, they are practicing the art of persuasion. They are working on you all the time. Oh, come on, it's okay. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. No, not everybody else is doing it. Only the ungodly ones that don't, don't have a fear of going to hell. The ones that understand that there is a way that leads to death and there is a way that leads to life, those people understand that, no, not everybody's doing it. But there is an art of persuasion going on all the time for young people, for adults. I mean, it's, oh, this is the way, man. Everybody's doing this. This is fun. It's, it's okay. You can go through that checkout line and scan a few things and steal a few things and, you know, no big deal. Everybody does it. There is an art of persuasion going on all the time trying to win you over to defile you so that then the devil can come back and say, see, I told you you weren't really a Christian, that this stuff doesn't really work. That is the whole idea about this, the faulty premise. So he tricks you and deceives you, and then he turns around and uses that same thing on you and says, look, see, I told you you weren't really who you say you are. I mean, he is not, he is not a good guy. He's not kind. He's not considerate. He doesn't care about you. He wants to steal everything from you. He wants to destroy everything that you have, and he wants to kill you. And if he can't do that, he just wants to mess up anything else that he can in your life so that you can't, that you can't find your way to understand and experience all of God's abundant resources. Worship team, y'all come back. That's, what, that's what's really going on all the time. And there is this uh, constant struggle. The Lord is trying to convince you that he has a great plan for your life. And the devil's trying to convince you that he's got a great plan for your life too. One of them is basing it on truth. And one of them is basing it on a lie. I think I'm going to be like Joshua, and I'm going to say, I don't know about you, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to say yes to him because I believe his word is true. And what the devil is peddling, it is a, it is a false premise and a lie, and if you allow that to start settling in, if you begin to consider that, you're going to be misreckoning. And when you misreckon, there's going to be a day of reckoning. And it's going to happen. Uh, I'm not saying you're going, to, you're going to go to hell necessarily. I'm just saying that bad things will happen when you listen to the wrong voices. When you follow the Lord, he wants to bless and prosper you and take care of you. When you follow the devil and you, and you start accepting some of his lies as truth, then you're going to experience the consequences of those choices. It's not what we want. We want to be walking in God's favor and blessing all the time. So this week, I'm praying that God is going to reveal himself to you in new ways. And maybe, maybe this week, you will get some new, fresh wisdom from God so that you can see how the enemy is trying to steal and cheat you out of God's blessing and favor in his life.
Let's worship.
as we draw near, hear us from heaven, touch our generation, we are your people, crying out, crying out, open the blind eyes, unlock the deaf ears, come to your people, as we draw near, hear us from heaven. Touch our generation, we are your people, crying out in desolation. Yes, That's our cry this morning, Lord, that you would hear us, that you would hear our desperation, Lord. We as your people, we acknowledge, Lord, that, that we, have, we have dropped the ball, we have allowed the enemy to have his way in this nation, Lord. And even in, in your church, Father, even in your church, Lord, we've allowed the enemy to have a place to cause us to compromise the truth of your word. Lord, we repent, we turn. Hear our cry from heaven, Lord. Hear our desperation, Lord. Heal this land. Even though, even though we've done it to ourselves, we still ask for your mercy, Lord. Pour your mercy out on us. Heal us and change us, Lord. Turn me. Turn me, Lord, so that I can be the man that you call me to be. Cause me to rise up and be the light in this generation, Lord. If you need special prayer for anything, uh, someone will meet you at the altar. If you don't know the Lord, today can be the day. Today can be the day where you say yes to the Lord. The enemy, the devil has been lying to you. He's been trying to cheat you and steal everything from you it's time to say no to him and yes to the lord amen it's as simple as as that prayer lord i ask that you forgive me come live in my heart be my lord and savior i give myself to you yes. if you pray that prayer you can be a believer lord it's as simple as just putting your trust in him believe in your heart confess with your mouth if you do that, let us know. If you're here and you're making that choice, then come let someone pray with you. Any other special needs as we sing this last song, just come let the Lord heal you and deliver you. Answer your prayers in Jesus' name.
Thank you that, that your eyes are on us. Yes, thank you, I don't have to wonder if you're watching over me. I know you are. I don't have to wonder if you can take care of me because I know you have abundant resources. Yes, Jesus. I don't have to wonder if you know about my struggle because you know every thought, you know every hair of my head. 
You know, every situation and circumstance that I face. And I don't have to wonder, Lord, if, if there really is hope for the future. Because you are my future. You are my hope. And I know that you, Lord God, yes. have made a way. Yes, sir. Made a way. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each person, each person listening this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let them know that the enemy wants to lie and cheat and steal and destroy everything good in our lives. But you, you want to do good, Lord. You want to heal us. You want to deliver us. You want to restore all that the enemy has taken away. And for our bad choices, Lord, you want to restore and redeem us. For the things that we feel like are lost and it's too far gone, there's no way I can make it up. You can restore and redeem yes, that, Lord. thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Lord, for those lies that the enemy tells us, let us be convinced of the truth of your word. Let us hear your voice, Lord. Where the enemy says, this is the way. Help us to hear your voice when you're saying, no, right here. Take my hand. Walk with me. Walk with me. Lord, protect our hearts so that we hear your voice. We hear it with clarity. There's no confusion. We know your voice. It's the same voice that walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve. It's the same voice that's been calling out to your people for thousands of years, Lord. It's that same voice. Help us to hear it with clarity. To block out the other voices. To block out the lies and deception of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, for your voice that's speaking to us and guiding us into all truth. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Thank you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Thank you, Jesus. Go and be blessed. We're going to have a great time Wednesday night worshiping and praying. We're going to have a good time Friday night celebrating the resurrection and the death and the burial, all that, all that happened this week. We, we are going to have a great time. I just encourage you, seek the Lord this week. Think about Him. Think about what He did. Let Him reveal Himself to you in a new way. Tell a friend, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.